0: Hello and welcome to the Game the Packers podcast where we do care about the Green Bay Packers. And we don't care about anything else. Let's go. Alright, hello, welcome back to dedicated Packers today. Didn't have an episode out on Sunday, so we're going to release it on Monday instead. We are going to do the best pass catchers in the NFL at the moment. Um, This is going to be a mixture of three different positions, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. I'm going to mix in all three because we didn't have the Wednesday episode and uh, where I was supposed to rank the top 10 running backs, so I'm going to mix running backs in here talk about really just the top tier running backs because those are the only ones good enough to make the top 10 list. Um, Since this is a a ranking with a bunch of different positions, I am instead of evaluating, and despite the name of the list, how good they are at passing catches, I'm going to evaluate how much value each player on this list brings to their given offense and how good they are at a particular thing. Um, That means that you don't have to necessarily have 2,000 receiving yards to be high up on this list. So here we go. Let's jump right in. At number 10, George Kittle. And here I was in between George Kittle and Nick Chubb for the number 10 spot, but ultimately I had to give it to George Kittle, right? His blocking game, it's obviously been talked about so much. He is a phenomenal blocker. He helps out greatly in the run game. He's like a 6th O-lineman there. And when he comes in the game, he keeps the defense off balance because he could be put in for run-blocking plays or he could be put in for pass-catching. And that's another thing that he thrives at. He is a really damn good receiver, right? You uh, just go watch the Cincinnati game, watch the Seattle game. He played phenomenal. He makes acrobatic catches. You remember in that game against the Cincinnati Bengals, it was 3rd-10, and with around 20 seconds left in the fourth I believe and you've got Jimmy G he sort of lofted a pass up there Kittle just leapt up there made a phenomenal acrobatic fingertip catch to I think propel the Niners to a win I believe they went on to win that game so it just shows just how good he is just how athletic he is and he can separate in a way that tight ends usually can't he's an incredibly athletic receiver so yeah he deserves a spot on this list especially when you take his blocking into account Nick Chubb obviously also a phenomenal player but I had to go with George Kittle and then at number nine you have Jonathan Taylor and Taylor really broke out last year and he showed exactly why he is such a weapon he took on the workload of a workhorse last year really just the Colts pounded pounded the ball with Jonathan Taylor behind their solid offensive line And Taylor, yeah, he had the solid offensive line, but he balled out, right? He showed that he is one of the most athletic players in the NFL. He broke tackles with ease. He ran through tackles. And if that's not enough, he could also catch, okay? He carried my fantasy team. I hope that's not where some of this bias is coming from, but it might be. He absolutely carried my fantasy team for much of the season after I made Humble Bragg a great trade for him. And... While I generally don't consider running good running backs that hard to find, you can draft a lot of guys in the 7th, 6th round and stuff, but drafting Taylor early for the Colts was huge because it's so hard to find a type of running back that he is, and he just transforms any offense, he provides a base for that team to work off of, and once you get the run game going with him, the pass game can take form and... He can, as a running back, just take a mediocre run game, make it an elite run game through his athletic ability. He deserves a spot on this list. Then, at number eight, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Stephon Diggs has really balled out since leaving Minnesota, and I didn't have high expectations for him. I don't think general expectations were too high for him because he was complaining about Kirk Cousins missing throws, and then he decided to, uh, well, he didn't decide. He was traded to Buffalo, where an errant throwing Josh Allen would be his quarterback, but... He has really helped Josh Allen in the Bills' offense. His routes are disgusting. You see that when watching any of the Bills' games. And, you know, I mean, look at the Saints game last year, right? You If you put some moves like that on the corner, they're going to get cooked every single time. I give him a lot of credit for the transition that Allen made to being an elite QB. Obviously, Allen had the most to do with that, and Dayball probably had a bunch to do with that. But I give Diggs a lot of credit for being, his, for being Allen's top guy while he was there. The Bills offense came came in clutch in many playoff scenarios under Diggs, and I believe he's been a major part of this offensive dominance by the bills, really a just a major turnaround from where they were in 2019 and twenty eighteen. So phenomenal jobs by Stefan Diggs. he's a phenomenal receiver. He gets a lot of credit now at number seven, Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup was setting records last year, right? From week one where he was good against the Bears to the Super Bowl when he caught that game-winning pass, he was a great, maybe statistically the best receiver in the NFL. And that might make you wonder why he's so far down on this list. So my answer is that he played in a Sean McVay offense with Matthew Stafford. Right? He was placed in a role that would totally, totally allow for his dominance. And I think he was a great fit for that role. But I think if you put other receivers there with similar talent, a lot of them that are higher up on this list, I think they would provide similar results just because be having Sean McVay as your play caller allows you to have so much, so much success because of the positions he puts you in to succeed. I also believe that Cooper Cup would not have quite had the same success as someone like, say, Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams if he had been in their offenses. So Cooper Cup, he's a phenomenal receiver. I, there's no doubt about that but I just don't think he's got the quite edge above the highest receivers on this list. That being said, of course, flat-out dominant, incredible player for the Rams this past year, and I think he'll be really good in the next year, too. Good on them for locking him up. Then, at number six, Jamar Chase. And I'm going to be honest, I thought Jamar Chase's performance would drop off. Nothing he did was standing out to me. I didn't see anything in his game that made me say, oh... That's why he's been so damn productive, but at this point, after doing it and watching him for a whole season do it, I have come to the conclusion that his sheer athletic prowess is basically what allows him to stand out to such a high degree, and it's not unheard of, right? You've seen a guy before like Calvin Johnson, but I just didn't think Jamar Chase was that athletic. I don't think he's that athletic, but he's damn athletic, and he's been really good for the Bengals. He was dynamite for their offense being burrow's college teammates certainly helped that but jamar took a mediocre bengals offense in 2020 prior to the joe burrow injury of course after which they were disastrous and he took that mediocre offense to sky high super bowl levels even in the super bowl he made that diving catch down the sideline right he had something like five straight 100 yard gains games all the way to the super bowl He just led them, and the way he dominated opposing defenses and elevated the Bengals' offense, especially with that big catch he made against the Packers, I went into that game thinking, oh, Jamar Chase isn't going to you know, make a catch or anything. He's not going to rip us open, and right before halftime, he did. So just watching him dominate, that forced me to put him this high on the list. Then at number five, we have Travis Kelsey. Yes, Travis Kelsey, I think a year ago or two years ago, he would have been even higher on this list. Even higher, if that's possible, but he fell off just a tiny bit recently. That all being said, he is still a force to be reckoned with, and he is essentially an elite receiver, right? You see the little label next to Travis Kelsey's name on NFL.com or wherever you choose to look, and it says tight end, but the way he catches the ball, he's basically an elite receiver. He's had well over a thousand yards for the last six years. Let that sink in. Most receivers in the NFL can't say that. The way that Kelsey separates midway through his routes is really, really impressive. He has that little shimmy that he does. And overall, he's just been an absolute weapon for Mahomes in his young career. I give him a lot of credit for Mahomes's hot start. If you, I mean, that's probably an understatement, but I give Kelsey a lot of credit for that. He you just see how dynamic the Chiefs' offense becomes once you put him in the game. And if you add on his elite receiving ability to his blocking ability, he deserves to be up this high on the list. I'd probably still have him on the list if he were only a receiver, but you add him blocking. And it's not phenomenal blocking, but it is some blocking, and yeah, he's, he's really damn good. Then, at number four, Derrick Henry, a running back, this high on the list, yes. Yes, but... but I PFF says running backs don't matter. Yeah, most don't, but Henry does. He absolutely transforms the way the team's offense works. You can see the Titans' offense being redefined during 2019 throughout the playoff run. If you get behind on the Titans, good luck, because Henry's going to pound your team into the ground in a way that no one else can, even if you're only up by a couple scores. Watch the Seahawks game two years ago. The Titans just ran ran at the Seahawks and it worked for them so it's really really scary what the Titans can do with Derrick Henry I give him so much credit for making Tannehill a better quarterback he may not be as flashy in his runs as a Travis Kelsey Jamar Chase or you know some guys higher up on this list but Derrick Henry can make an offense just as good the running game that he provides whether or not there's a great offensive line is just so impressive he's a freak I feel so bad for everyone who had to play this six foot two, 235 pound man in high school. That's horrible. Okay, and then at number three, you have Justin Jefferson, right? This man, he has absolutely come on for those little purple devils down in Minnesota, and I hate it. Okay, I am not a fan of Justin Jefferson, not because of the way he plays or what he does off the field. I. I don't even, it seems he seems like a totally great human, but he is going to kill the Packers for the next few years unless Jair Alexander can totally shut him down, and that really scares me. I think that he can be put into any system and wreak havoc, and that's really what makes me have him so high on this list. I think if you insert him into the Rams offense, you would get similar results as you got from Cooper Cup, and his big play threat ability plus... His phenomenal route running, it threatens the defense so much. He is a great receiver. Then at number two, Tyreek Hill. And this is sort of a step into the final tier of guys on this list. So if you think Jefferson and Jamar change an offense, Hill does so to an even greater degree. His speed, terrifying. Defensive coordinators have to adjust for it at all times. They're always... They always have to be cognizant of where Hill is on the field, and that opens up a lot of opportunities for other receivers. In that way, Hill makes an offense better. Just his presence, but then what does he do on the field when he gets the ball in his hands? First of all, his route running very impressive. He sure he could probably get by with his speed just running vertical routes or something, but he has finesse when he runs his routes. There's nothing that he can't do. And then if you get the ball in his hand, run some touch passes, some sweeps or something, oh baby, he, he can burn you. You know, I, a team could call every play for Tyree Kill, and they could win football games just because he's so dynamic and it's that hard to stop him. Then, <clears throat> at number one, you have the man, the myth, the legend, the guy the Packers traded away, Devontae Adams. What can I say about Tay? good song line what can i say about tay he's just insanely good i i can't even talk about Devonte. he separates off the line but then he can gain separation in the middle of his route too in case he doesn't separate off the line as much as he'd like you can do that and he can burn you or you can just throw a back shoulder fade to him and he'll adjust and he'll make the play, and he'll get his feet down Or if you don't like that, you can also just throw a ball to him with defenders smothering him. He'll be able to uh, bring up some late hands, make a great catch. That's what he does, right? He's a quarterback's best friend because he has the ability to make every play all over the field and he's a defensive coordinators worst nightmare because they have to they absolutely have to roll their coverage to his side of the field if you watch your ravens packers game last year that's what that's what the ravens were doing they just rolled coverage over to Devontae, and that opened up opportunities in that game for the run game first of all which was rolling for a portion and then for a receiver like MVS to have a nice game so he automatically, Devontae does, transforms any offense. I think he will continue to produce in Las Vegas just because you can throw him the ball basically wherever he is on the field, and he is going to make plays. So that is that is my list. That is who I have at number one, Devontae Adams. I don't think you can argue with that. The other players, definitely highly debatable. Um, you can argue with many of the spots, having Justin Jefferson at three, having Tyreek Hill at two, having Cooper Cup all the way up at seven. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, but feel free to criticize this list open to it anyway i hope you very much enjoyed this episode going forward going to take a break for this next week and then i will return we will discuss training camp storylines to look at hopefully make all this podcast material more packers Packers centric but until then thank you as always for listening to dedicated packers and until next go pack go